0: And then, muchas gracias. Uh, thank you very much, orchestra. Forget which language I'm speaking in. What is fear? The whole idea of defining what is fear is a difficult task. When I went. Wednesday morning, early, had to be at the cemetery for a funeral. Had to leave my house at seven o'clock in the morning. And knowing that I had a dental appointment to with a specialist to do oral surgery, remove a tooth and do some other things in there. And the dentist told me, you know, this is not gonna be an easy procedure. For more than two years, I've had a um, an infected tooth. Not the tooth. The tooth actually was all right. Just had broken root, abscess though had formed under the gum, and I had done. I'd been living with that for two years, uh, nearly two years. And he said, uh, "So the dentist told me this is not going to be easy." And. I called the dentist when I found out that I had a funeral to preach and said, should I postpone this? And he said, you shouldn't have postponed it this long because there's always been some reason why and uh, that I haven't been able to take care of it. So I went in there thinking um, how terrible this was going to be. The dentist didn't disappoint me. It was terrible. (laughs) But it wasn't nearly as bad as what I thought it was going to be. In fact, when the dentist said, you know, you're going to hear some crunching sound and so forth. Don't worry about it. It's just your crown coming off of the tooth. And so I never heard any crunching sound. And when I thought that they had taken the crown off, the dentist said, well, your tooth is out. And I said, really? I said, I didn't even feel it. What was all this fear that you were trying to get me to feel? While I was lying there, waiting, as the dentist was working in my mouth, the assistant was tapping on my forehead. I had all this medicine for the chemotherapy all over my skin. And I said, you know, you're going to need to wash your hands. And They laughed at me and they said, no, we've got gloves on. And I said, according to the instructions, even if you have gloves on, you should wash your hands afterward. Fear. You realize how many things that we're told to be afraid of today? Fear. And so much is in the news. You can't turn on the TV. You can't read emails. You can't look on the internet because everything is filled with fear. One of the things that they want to convince us about is to be afraid. And I look at this and I want us to understand a few things. First of all, let's take a look at what Webster says about fear. An unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Secondly, an instance of this emotion. Thirdly a state marked by this emotion. Then he goes on, anxious concerns, solicitude, profound reverence, of course, this has to do with God, profound reverence and awe, especially toward God, reason for alarm, danger. As a verb, it says, it's as a transitive verb, it means to be afraid of, expect with alarm, fear the worst, to have a reverential awe of fear of God, archaic, frightened, archaic, to feel fear in oneself, as an intransitive verb, to be afraid or apprehensive, feared for their lives, feared to go out at night. Synonyms for fear, fear, dread, fright, alarm, panic, terror, trepidation. And I could go on and on with, some of those synonyms for fear in the English language. When we're considering this, let me throw in a biblical perspective, because it's easy to be caught up in the world's perspective of things. I am amazed at how few Christians anymore have a biblical worldview. They view the world the same as unbelievers, and that should never be the case. Our worldview has to be controlled by the Spirit of God through the Word of God. So what is fear? Unbelief is always, always associated with fear. When the children of Israel went into battle, they were told to do so with a confidence in God, that God went with them into the battle. Fearful soldiers were frequently sent home. Fear paralyzes an entire army, and it does that to the believer also. God would rather fight Goliath with one David who trusted him than with a whole army that Saul had that were all fearful. At the end of an earthly life, Paul seemed to sense a certain fear in Timothy's heart, and that of Titus as well, about his impending death. Paul let Timothy know that he wanted to see him again before he died. He said to him, being mindful of thy tears in 2 Timothy 1.4. He reminded Timothy of the great resources that Timothy had in the faith that had been passed down to him through three generations of believers. And the gift of God, verse 6, he said, before admonishing Timothy about his fear. Paul stating the fact that fear does not and it never does come from God. Fear has a different source. Its source is unbelief. So what do we have to be afraid of? Well, when I listen to people, I come up with several things that people are afraid of. Some people tell me they're afraid of COVID-19. Other people tell me they're afraid of the vaccine. And I go, well, pick your fear. In Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, verse 24 is where I'll begin. The Lord Jesus said, the disciple is not above His master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not. You know, if you're accustomed to writing in your Bible, it's good to go through all the places in the Bible where it says fear not and just underline them and then start noting where's the first place, the second place, and so forth. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. We're not to cover up things. We're to be open, even when they persecute us for it. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. Verse 28, again, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear again, third time in this passage. Fear ye not therefore. You're of more value than many sparrows. Yeah, we're gonna be gripped with fear. Fear of a co- vaccine, fear of COVID 19. We've had vaccines before. We've had influenza and other viruses before. They killed people. My grandmother, that I never knew, died in the Spanish flu of 1918. My mother was only two years old. In all of her life of nearly 90 years, she wept for never having known her mother. Yes, I understand what personal tragedy is like. Every week I had to walk to the cemetery with my mother who cried the whole way and knelt down and pulled weeds out of her her mother's grave. Yeah, I know what that's like. Still, we've had viruses before. And we'll have viruses in the future. Some people tell me they're afraid of the loss of employment, of house, of food, the loss of liberty. Those are real things. Luke's gospel says in Luke chapter 12, verses 30 to 32, For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. But your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, And all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not. Yeah, we could be filled with fear over all these things. Other people tell me they're afraid of government. I even have pastors that call me on the phone and tell me they're afraid of what the government's going to do next. You know, I've lived under worse governments than ours, a lot worse. They told us in Paraguay, we couldn't have any more church meetings. So what did I do? Did I suspend church meetings? No, We kept right on. Do you know something? Government is not my boss. Government, according to our constitution is my servant. And therefore my only boss, is God Himself. Amen? Fear not. I know what my boss wants and what my servant wants should not matter to me. Psalm 22 verses 12 to 13. David wrote in Psalm 22, something by the way quoted about the Lord Jesus Christ. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and roaring lion. Do you know it's not the roaring lion that you have to fear? The roaring lion has a strategy. Proverbs speaks about it again when he says, the king's wrath in Proverbs nineteen twelve. The king's wrath is as the roaring of a lion. But his favor is as dew upon the grass. How can you drink dew that's on the grass? It doesn't provide enough water for you. The roaring lion is meant to scare you, he says. That's what the king does to demonstrate his wrath. But his favor is nothing. It's like dew on the grass, it evaporates. So what does the roaring lion accomplish? Well, Proverbs 20 verse 2 says, the fear of a king is as the roaring of a lion whoso provoketh him to anger, the King James says sinneth against, the Hebrew word there means forfeits, forfeits his own soul. A roaring lion. The lions in Africa, they line up on one side, all the lionesses on one side, of a field. They'll see gazelle out there eating. And the old lion, he's old, he's arthritic, he can't run anymore, he can't hunt anymore, he's fat. He goes over to the other side of the field from the lionesses and he lays down in the grass and he goes, Ah. that's his whole job he just roars if all the gazelle ran toward the lion they'd all run right past him and they'd escape but do you know what they do they hear the roaring and they run the other way right into the mouths of the lionesses Now, you'd think that somebody would get smart enough to tell them what's happening. But I guess the ones that know the best have already been eaten. Okay? It does no good to run from the roaring of the lion. In fact, the Bible tells us exactly the opposite is what we need to do. We need to stand against the wiles of the devil. And having done all, what are we supposed to do? To stand, it says. Other people tell me they're afraid of natural disasters. I was invited several years ago to go to Haiti Never had a good reason to go to Haiti, and I sure have less of a reason today. Okay, natural disasters. Family from our church moved to Florida. They said they didn't like living in California because we have earthquakes. So they moved to Florida. A couple of years ago, they sent me an email saying that a hurricane came along and blew away their house. So they didn't suffer the consequences of an earthquake. They suffered the consequences of a hurricane. You know, it doesn't matter where you live on planet Earth, in Paraguay, We had an earthquake that was like 3.0. It didn't even crack the plaster, okay? Um, Most people in Paraguay thought a truck had driven by their house. Um, It was so light. But everybody afterward was afraid that earthquakes were gonna be a part of Paraguay from then on. Now, you ever stood in Paraguay in a tornado. That's what you gotta be afraid of. But it doesn't matter where you go in this world. People told me, don't go to LA, you've got gangs there. So what did I do? I went to Paraguay and lived with cannibals. Let me tell you something, the gangs in in Los Angeles at least don't eat you when they're (laughs) done. Okay, amen? Fear of natural disasters? Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. He got in a boat. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. So now all of them are in the same boat. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. You ever feel like God must be asleep? I mean, look at all the things that have happened to us, right? And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, why are ye fearful? O ye of little faith. Do you really think that if you're in the same boat with the creator of heaven and earth, that you have a reason to be afraid of a tempest? I don't think so. And I am ever conscious. I have told you before, I went downtown LA during the riots. When they were burning, I went with Elaine and Shelley. When they were burning buildings all around us in downtown LA. I went to visit a man who visited our church and he said, are you crazy? Don't you realize that people are being killed and look at all the smoke rising around us. These buildings all being burned right around my house. He lived in East LA. And I said, you know something? I lived in the jungle with cannibals. And if Jesus went with me into that place, he'll stay with me here, too. Oh, ye of little faith. Time that we actually take a look on what we're afraid of. Elaine used to answer people when she told them that we were going to go into the jungle and reach a tribe of cannibals. They'd say, but you've got two little daughters. And she'd say, there is nowhere safer than the center of God's will. Yeah. Where are you going to flee? Me? I've decided. I want to stay in the center of God's will. Fear is a demonstration of unbelief. Other people tell me they're afraid of the devil. Well, Peter answered that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 7 to 11. He says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. I heard from Pastor Maldonado yesterday, talked with him and Pastor ben um, and all the churches there in that area of Mexico where he was are closed down. But they were having church services, um, and <laughs> Pastor Maldonado said, "Yeah, they're uh, they're doing all kinds of things to try to prevent churches from having church services." They've stated in areas Oaxaca, Oaxaca, Mexico, and in. Uh, at least I know that one, and in um, Honduras. Everything where public assemblies can take place are closed on Saturday and Sunday, (laughs) but not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. People can't catch COVID on Monday only on Sunday when they go to church. So I said, well, what are you doing? He said, we're having church services. And I said, yeah, we are too. Amazing to me. We're going to flee from the devil. Peter says he walks around as a roaring lion. He's looking for whom he may devour, and he would love to devour us. And the men of God all around this globe right now that are suffering, churches being persecuted. Time to decide. We're gonna live by faith or by fear, one or the other. In my case, I've made a decision. I decided who is greater. Who's greater, COVID-19 or God? Who's greater, the vaccine or God? Who's greater, the devil or God? Who's greater, government or God? Who's greater, earthquakes and all that sort of thing or God? I'll stick with God. I know that he's greater. Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 31, Isaiah 31 verse 4, For thus hath the Lord spoken unto me, like as the lion and the young lion roaring on his prey. When a multitude of shepherds is called forth against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor abase himself for the noise of them so shall the Lord of hosts come down to fight for Mount Zion and for the hill thereof. Yeah, the devil may roar, but God roars louder. And I'm going to stay on his side. Fear is a lack of faith. With faith, you're never going to have fear. Because of fear, we don't trust a faithful God. Romans 3.3 says, For what if some of them did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Fear admits defeat before the battle even takes place. We're in a battle, folks, but because of fear, we'll actually surrender before a shot is even fired. That's what fear does to you. Fear will cause a great army to suffer a great defeat. Fear. I don't know everything about military history, but I can tell you that the thing that kept the Russians from being defeated in World War II was they weren't afraid. They stood their ground as the approaching Nazi army came. I can tell you that General Paxton, when he was approached to surrender at the Battle of the Bulge, completely surrounded his army, surrounded. And the Germans sent over a messenger saying, will you surrender? And he sent back one word. Nuts. I watched an interview of the German general later, and the German general was asked, Did you understand that word? He said no, but I figured it meant no. <laughs> and, and we won that battle. Folks, fear will destroy an army and it will destroy God's army too. Because with fear we admit defeat before we've ever even fought. Paul wrote to Timothy. By the way, I just now reached this, that's where I began. Paul wrote to Timothy and Second Timothy, chapter one, verses seven to 11. Second Timothy, chapter one, verses seven to 11. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Amen. Amen. But of power and of love and of a sound mind, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began but is now made manifest by the appearing of our savior Jesus Christ who hath abolished death and hath brought to life an immortality to light through the gospel whereunto i am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the gentiles god has left us here for a reason We're to continue doing the job that God gave us to do. The phrase of a sound mind is the translation of one Greek word, uh, sophronismo, which is the genitive singular masculine case of sosmonisots. um, Sophronismos, yes, that's it. This masculine noun is only found in this one place, 1 Timothy 1.7, only place in the Bible, and means an admonishing or calling to soundness of mind, to moderation and self-control to self-control and moderation. Paul told Timothy that God had given him the spirit of moderation and self-control. He admonished Timothy to not go insane with fear about tomorrow. Trust God. That was the kind of spirit that God had given him. Fear is the consequence of unbelief. The root problem that causes either fear or anxiety is always the same it is simple unbelief. It is therefore necessary to treat the root problem first. The believer's future became a settled matter the moment that he believed the gospel. When Jesus talked with the believers about their future, he commanded them, it's a command, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. John 14, 1. Be troubled. This word literally is to agitate, to trouble a thing by the movement of its parts to and fro. One minute you watch TV news and the wind is blowing this way. The next minute you're watching TV news and it's blowing that way. And then it's blowing this way and then it's blowing that way. And then they're spinning you around like a top. They're agitating all the parts, moving you to fear. So much so, do you realize that in the last year and a half, we have had more teen suicides than we've ever had? Fear. Phobia all our parts are spinning out of control. If you're gonna listen and seek something on the TV, all you're gonna get is more agitation, more turmoil. They love it. But God did not give us that spirit. He didn't give us the spirit of fear. There are many areas where we all have fear. Everything about the future can produce fear in the human heart. It is not just that we are anxious and fearful about the big things such as war, earthquakes, hurricanes, COVID-19 but also seemingly smaller things like unemployment, retirement and such. You want to be fearful, your bank account is evaporating. Probably won't be much left in your retirement. Yeah, you can find a million things to be fearful about. But do you know something? My boss has always taken care of me. And as someone once told me, his retirement plan is out of this world. These things certainly have to be turned over to the Lord. And the believer needs to trust him just as much as he does about the big things. One area that people worry about is their eternal destiny. Well, after telling the believer... Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus went on to tell him, John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. They're already there. I go to prepare a place for you. No, he didn't go to heaven to prepare it. He went to Calvary to prepare it. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. You know something in my life now, since the day I was saved, there is a growing sense in my heart that I don't care where it is, as long as Jesus is there, I'm happy to be with him. If that's in L.A., if that's in Paraguay, no matter where I've ever lived, the Lord went with me. And I am not going to fear what man can do unto me. I refuse to live in fear. Fear makes us cowards instead of soldiers. Paul told Timothy, in 2nd Timothy chapter 2, almost his dying words of the Apostle Paul. 2nd Timothy 2, 1, Now therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Timothy wanted to leave Ephesus where he was. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier, my job is not to please government. My job is to please God and God didn't call me to be a general and make all the decisions. He just called me to obey and let him be the general. God calls us to have courage in a day in which we live. You realize that fear is an automatic response that was built into us, but it is not a godly response. Courage is the response of faith and the love of God. Moses wrote in Deuteronomy, the last book of Moses, Deuteronomy 31 verses 6 and 7. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not. How many times did God say that? Well, according to what I've heard, 365 times in the Bible. Fear not. That's one time for every day of the year. Fear not nor be afraid of them for the Lord thy God he it is that go that doth go with thee he will not fail thee nor forsake thee that's what you really need to fear and Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel be strong and of good courage be strong and of good courage why Did he say that to Joshua? For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. Leadership, leadership demands that we get rid of fear. And that we be strong in the grace of God and have courage to serve God. 1 John chapter 4. John wrote. Verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love, love. Our solution is that we need more love, we need more faith. Now I would just end today by saying this. Romans chapter eight. The Apostle Paul wrote these words. If God be for us, who can be against us? Fear. So easy to fall into that trap. But that trap takes us away from the blessings of God. Folks, When we didn't have a vaccine yet, I said, we're gonna have church services because I'm not afraid of COVID-19. That doesn't mean I'm gonna be stupid and go kiss somebody who does have it, but I'm not afraid of it. After all, when I was a child, Smallpox was still killing a lot of people. So when they had a vaccine, I said, give it to me. And we had to get it every year. Poliomyelitis was killing a lot of people when I was a kid. We didn't stop going to the synagogue. There were kids on my block that were living in an iron lung. And if you don't know what that is, look it up on the internet. Had polio, and they were paralyzed. Couldn't even breathe without help. People died. That didn't stop us from going to the synagogue. Neo-Nazis and white supremacists that wanted to kill me because I was Jewish. And used to scream at me, the Jews killed the Lord. And I didn't even know how we did it. I didn't even know that I was Jewish. Fear. You know something? I'm not afraid of COVID-19. And I'm not afraid of the vaccine either. I had the vaccine. To me, it would be stupid not to do so, but hey, everybody has to make their own mind up. I'm not afraid of it. So give me the vaccine. <laughs> but I was coming to church even when we didn't have the vaccine. The real question is, What does God want us to do? Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind, the Bible says. But there are certain things that God didn't leave for us to decide on our own. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Well, I'm gonna stand when the lion roars. And if God decides to take me home, I'll be glad to go. And if he decides to leave me here, feeling like somebody has blowtorched my face, I'm still going to stand. We've got to make up our minds. You can either live in fear, or you can live in faith. As for me and my house, we've decided to follow the Lord. Father, I pray now that you'll use your word very deeply in each and every one of our hearts and lives. Teach us lessons today about standing in an evil day and having done all to stand. For we pray it in Jesus name. Amen.